All right, welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I've had a long laugh, everybody. It's been a couple weeks, and I'd like to apologize to all the listeners, especially my YouTube subscribers. You guys are the best. Um, I'm sorry, I just had like, I had a couple get not a couple, I had one guest cancel, and then it was like too late to find a new guest. And then before I knew it, I was like, all right, well, I'm just not doing it tonight. And then my Cubs lost in the playoffs. I started doing a Cubs podcast. If you're a sports fan, you might want to get on board with that. It's, uh, it's mostly Chicago Cubs stuff. So you got to like the Cubs. Otherwise, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this guy rambling about? Anyway, I'm back and I'm going to promise to keep at it again, back to being weekly because I think I did miss the last two weeks. So apologies all around there. Uh, Patreon, everyone. Subscribe to the Patreon. That's simply patreon.com slash Joe Kilgan. A lot of cool stuff on there. Plus, I'm going to be doing the Laugh Factory, not this weekend, but the next weekend so I can get you on the comp list if you're interested, but you got to be a Patreon subscriber. That's the deal. Them's the rules. All right. Very excited. For today's podcast, I have a returning guest, but he hasn't been on in like 80 episodes. Uh, I think he was on one of the first 10 episodes I did. It's a really fun one. This guy's always fun to talk to, fun to hang out with, a good drinking dude, uh, a Chicago comedy like legend. I really feel like he doesn't know it, but I, I, he's definitely a comedy legend in the making. Very uh, just hysterical online presence. I don't really recommend a lot of people on Twitter because I think a lot of people on Twitter suck, but this dude is, is really good on Twitter. Uh, without further ado, everyone. Oh, also, he hosts or co-hosts a great podcast, which is on the People of Comedy Podcast Network called Hillary. Everyone, please welcome Bobby Buds. What up, dude? Hey, thank you. Thank you for that. That's a, okay. That was a good intro. I was a little scared at first. Usually no, man. People, usually when I tell people, oh, just give me my own intro, usually they say like, oh, this next guy doesn't know how to read, but you actually, you know, you said I was good at Twitter. You introduced the podcast. Perfect. 10 out of 10. I'm a pro. I'm a pro. I yeah. try to be. No, Bobby, I really, I, I like you a lot. I think you're a really fun guy. Um, You know, people, I think, give you a little bit of shit, but I think that's because you almost, that's part of your fun. That's part of your personality. You, people yeah. know, well, we all have certain friends where you're like, I can't give you shit because you're going to be a weirdo about it. But I feel like you are a guy who could give it and take it, which makes you a fun hang. Uh, yeah. You know, I grew up, you know, I grew up the only Jewish kid in a, you know, in my Chicago neighborhood and I grew up short, started balding at like 25. So I'm used to like people giving me shit. So yeah, I've, I've acquired years and years of being given shit. So yeah, I'd also know how to, you know, give it out too. Well, that's what makes you such a good comedian too. Can we, can we talk about this though? You're wearing a sling. I don't know if everyone, if you're listening, oh, yeah. you can't tell, but if you see the YouTube video, he's, you're wearing a sling. Do you mind uh, telling everyone, I know the story, but do you mind telling everyone exactly what happened to you and why you're wearing this thing? Yeah, yeah. So this was about, uh, this, I mean, if, this is a great bar story too. Now that we can't go to, well, we can go to bars if you, you know, don't want to be responsible. Uh, I was in, I spent a weekend at our friend Jonah's Lake House in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Shout out to Oconomowoc. I actually went to summer camp in that small town. And uh, it was one of the days we were like drinking all day because it's what you do in a small town in Wisconsin. And we were on our way back from just spending a night out on the town. We were uh, on our we were walking on this like gravel road back to Jonah's family's family's place. And we're drunk. We're like we're with our friend Blake Blake Burkhardt, probably you know future past guest of the show. Yeah, they're and both we're like roughhousing, you know, punching each other, kicking each other. I decide I'm gonna punch in and like run away because it's you know funny to do. And what I didn't realize is that like I guess my pants were like a little loose. Okay? I've lost weight during quarantine. I you know ride my bike 50 miles a day. No, not bragging, but I am. 
and great calves on this guy. Yeah. And I'm running, I'm in like full sprint and then my pants start to fall down and, and all of a sudden they like, I like trip over them while in full sprint and I land just like directly on this shoulder and then our friend Blake like comes up to like check on us ch- to check on me. He told me that when I fell, all my money just came like flying out of my pockets, like just like thirty dollars in fives and ones. Like, like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like Sonic the Hedgehog. I just got he got hit by a squirrel or whatever. And Blake runs up to see if I'm okay. He grabs my money and then he just sees me. My pants and my underwear are just like now around my leg, around my legs, and he just goes, "That's just." Put your fucking dick away. Here's your money. And I, wake up, I, I mean, I was blackout the rest of the night. And I wake up the next day and I was not able to even lift my arm in the slightest. So that was a fun, that was a fun doctor's appointment the next day, you know? Yeah. A little embarrassing, you know, approaching 30 years old and you uh, need surgery that a pitcher usually gets in baseball for seven seasons. Yeah. And well, usually pitchers can't work their job of being a professional baseball player for a few weeks. I can't do my job of being a professional bike delivery guy for a few weeks. So, you know, me and uh, me and John Lester are pretty much the same people, you know, pretty much. Here's what I got to ask though. I've, I've, I think every guy, and maybe no, mostly it's a guy problem. Every guy's been in a situation where it's like, all right, I just threw these pants, I just threw these shorts on. They clearly don't fit that well. I'm gonna have to be really lifting them up a lot. I have yeah. never heard, and I've seen people. I remember one time a friend slipped bowling. He like went over that line where you're not supposed to pass, slipped yeah. and fell on his ass, and his pants were halfway around his knees. I've seen a lot of this. We all have. I've never heard of someone falling and their underwear coming down too. Was did your underwear elastic break on it or? I, yeah, I mean, I saw the underwear I was wearing the next day, and it, it with no damage, no skid marks, thank God, but no damage to the elastic waistband, nothing. I have no idea. I think I was just like that drunk and running at that much like speed that like I think my legs just like like brought them down to my to my knees. I have no idea how it happened. It was very crazy. All right. Well, you're a beautiful man. I, Cause I, I, I was told that certain people, you hear a story about them falling. All right. They fell, but the way Blake told and the way you told it, I just, I laughed for 15 minutes when I yeah. heard about it. The yeah, idea of your right. money. The, well, the idea of it's such a fucking childish thing to hit someone <laughs> and then run immediately. But, uh, you did it wonderfully, man. I like that. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a, either way, fun weekend, you know, always fun getting drunk and, you know, fucking your shoulder up for six weeks. Do you get disability as a bike messenger? I don't I don't think so because I think it technically counts as like freelance working. Like I don't have like I didn't have to like send a doctor's note into, you know, the CEO of Uber Eats, you know. All right. That's well, part of the thing of not having a boss is that you got nobody to get disability from. Yeah, that still sucks though. Um hopefully we don't have to get a GoFundMe going for you. No, All I right, let me that. ask you this. Uh, you are um, a big television guy. I feel like every time someone brings up a new TV show, you're like, seen it, seen every episode. Here's my thought. Love television, yes. So, and I and I think the last, we were talking about this. We were watching the Bears game uh, with a bunch of guys the other a couple days ago. And I really think from really, I feel like the last 20 years have been like yeah. this golden age of television. Ever TV, since, Ever since The Sopranos aired on television, that's just, you know, made television the new medium for like you know writers yeah. and actors definitely the late yeah right around 99 2000 a lot turned around in tv obviously the sopranos was a big big part of that 
but then the you shield have your, and then the, the wire, wire later. Yeah. Um, even other drama, even network dramas got better. You know, people say what they will about the West Wing, but that was a good show. The first West Wing lost, um, you know, heroes yeah, for the definitely. first, you know, like two, three seasons. And then the FX shows with Justify, which I think is underrated. And then Sons of Anarchy was good for a little Sons while. Of Anarchy, I mean, I mean, it's not in the same realm as them, but like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like the although comedies, were... though, yeah, there've been a lot of good good sitcoms too. Um, yeah. Not as many as maybe. Yeah, no, there's been a lot of really good ones. It's always sunny. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is fantastic. I was actually watching bloopers today. There's this one TikTok account I follow that just will share bloopers from like classic TV shows, and not just oh, like perfect. classic, but like new ones too. Yeah, well, modern. Ones, yeah, modern clap, modern family. That's a good sitcom. Yeah. Um, there's one where I remember the episode. I think this was like early, maybe season three or four, where they went into a Korean bar for whatever reason, and they were like staking it out. And Charlie goes, "What do you think's behind that door, Mark Pirate? You think there's a pirate behind there?" Oh yeah. yeah. And Dennis is like, "I don't see a door marked pirate. I see a door marked private." And this person shared like the the bloopers that you probably get on the DVDs. Uh, it took them forever to get through that scene because oh, it's hysterical. I feel bad for like the, the the boom operators or like the cast members or the crew members of that show because they have to like reset scenes all the time just because how like naturally funny those guys are. And I'm pretty they're, they're getting paid well, I'm pretty sure. But like to be on a show where you know those are even if those comedy half hour shows, there's a long hours on set there. And then you know one guy just messes up and everybody it's fun, but you know. There could be a guy on the on the crew that's like, come on, I got a my kids' baseball game is later today. I gotta make it to that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've worked on a set, not bragging, and those guys get paid very well and they're very yeah. good at their job. But yeah, of course, because it's it's interesting the union in Hollywood. I don't know what union they're in, but like being in SAG, um, if, there were days where I worked as a stand-in on a show called Sullivan and Son, as a TBS show ran for three years. There were days where one day I remember we came in and there was a big problem with the script where people weren't happy with the script or something was going on and i remember showing up and then them being like dude we're going home my buddy ryan Dalton, who's another comedian was on the show he was loading up like a plate of breakfast and stuff because he always got the best free food there and he's like i'm loading up a plate i'm gonna go play basketball we got the whole day free man we're, we're, we're done and guess what we still got paid the same full eight hours if you were there for even yeah if you're there for even 10 minutes it's counted as a day that's where that old expression like you're a day player and a hollywood day player back in the day comes from these people who do like, you know, bit parts and stuff where they're just there for the day. And it's a sweet deal, but the overtime is pretty great too. So depending on the boom mic guy, it might be one of those boom mic guys where it's like, fuck it. I lost a bunch of money at the track last week. Giggle up, Charlie yeah. and Mac. Giggle it up, you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, that's okay. No, I hear you though. No, I do, Bobby. I thought the same shit. I'm like, they're all laughing, but like these people on set are like, all right, let's get through it. We got places to go. But then you're actually there and you're like, eh, they're getting paid pretty good. But yeah, sometimes they do have to wrap it up. Well, I just remember on like Seinfeld, uh, Michael Richards notoriously hated when he had to do multiple shoots. He was always a straight shooter. Oh, yeah. Because I, like a lot of people, diehard Seinfeld fan. I have all nine seasons on DVD. And I remember when they first came out, it was like such a big Christmas gift. And I watched every bonus feature. I think I did watch the commentary on most of them. He notoriously, because he was so like in character and he took it so seriously, would legitly get like mad to the point where one or two of them had to be like, calm. They, I mean, they all got along great, but every now and then they'd be like, settle, Michael, you know? Yeah, and there um, were some bloopers that they had to, you know, ask for, uh, you know, racial reasons. Yeah. I mean, he called, 
remember he called Julie, Julie Louis Dreyfus. Like, you know, he told her to go back to Mexico and she's like, I'm not Mexican. He's like, you sure? And it was weird. It was a really <laughs> weird. Nice. It was, he really broke. <laughs> you love, you love bringing up the Michael Richards at laugh factory thing. I've seen you use the picture on like, well, Twitter yeah, yeah, I gotta like stop. I mean, ever since, you know, the past, like, you know, six months when the relations in this country have been gotten much worse, I tried to calm down on that. But yeah, it was a very, I always just find it hilarious whenever a person in the limelight gets in trouble for using such like heinous language. It's just like, Jesus Christ, you know, you couldn't keep your cool for, you know, 30 more minutes until you were off stage, you know? Yeah. Cause it's like, they should know, Hey, this is going to be a story. You're in the spotlight. You're not a garbage man. You're not some guy who just got pissed off because a bunch of stuff spilled on them in an alley and there's no consequences to the crazy shit you say that. Yeah. yeah you know what though? Let me ask you this. Do you think he's actually a racist or do you think he just lost his mind and went for the, the worst thing he could say? I think he was a guy that doesn't know how to do stand-up comedy and he just thought, oh, that's what I'm going to do. Maybe it will work. It's like, no, that's the that's a first like two. That's a first like six months white dude in comedy move. It's like, I'm going to say the worst word that's going to get me in trouble and, you know, he took a big risk and it ended up, you know, ruining his career for, you know, probably forever. He only, he only had that, you know, cameo on Curb. Yeah, he did a couple yeah. episodes on Curb and, and was funny in them. Well, he's a funny person. I think I agree with half of what you said, because he is not I don't know a lot of, a lot of people know this or not. He's not a stand up comedian. That's not his background whatsoever. He was an improv sketch actor and would do yeah. characters. He was known for like character work. Um, like he would go yeah, on Fridays like, was his first. Yeah, you know, he's done Fridays, great. which is like an SNL ripoff. That that's where he met Larry David, and then he did like a bunch of funny stuff around. Like I think he did like Groundlings, maybe I don't know. He was an improviser with some things. He used to go on Leno back before Seinfeld, or go on Letterman, or one of those ones, and does it did like a character of a fitness guy, which he would show people how to do these exercises. But he have a cigarette in his mouth, and he would like you know he he was like Kramer. He would the. Yeah. benched it would bar would hit him in the head and he'd fall over a dumbbell and trip and and it was good physical comedy but stand-up is not his that is not his background so yeah. after seinfeld he got his own show called the michael richard show which lasted like half Two a season not even did, did, did yeah i don't i don't think it did very well at all i don't know exactly how long the run was and seinfeld, you know yeah the seinfeld well until julia drive yeah. broke with what yeah. with three shows now almost or no she had the new adventures of old christine actually did five seasons yeah, that and that was decent. And then Veep is what really Veep broke it. Mega hit. That's, that's one of the funniest sitcoms of all time. Yeah. I still have to, I still haven't seen the last two seasons, but I remember watching the first three or four and being like, "This show's great." Anyway, though, with Michael Richards, so I think you're right about that. Someone who doesn't know how to do stand up, and now that we know, we've already established everyone that he was one of those dudes that didn't like it when characters broke scenes and stuff. So I think he's a guy that goes up there, he gets heckled, probably having a bad set because he's not that good at stand up. The people, a packed Laugh Factory on a Friday night. People in the balcony. I've done that club shitload of times. Uh, the Hollywood Laugh Factory is pretty tight on the front, in the front, and then they got this balcony that's like kind of on top of you. Different than the Chicago Laugh Factory, where the balcony is like might as well be across the street, you know? Yeah. Um, and the guy starts tackling him. Black guy, obviously. That's why he went there. I think he was someone who was getting embarrassed and like hurt. I don't think he tr went to say the N word, thinking it would get a laugh. Like you mentioned, someone who's like a dumb white guy who's six months into comedy and thinking maybe this will be shocking. I think he was legitly like pissed and it's like, Oh, you're going to fucking make me feel like this. Well, how about if I use the word that'll make you feel the way I'm feeling? And I think it was like a psychological 
glitch in the matrix type of thing. Because yeah. every, everything you heard about him leading, like after the fact, there was no evidence that he was ever a racist before he had black friends who were like, yeah, I'm shocked, you know, like, so that's why I was like, was he, that's cause there is, there is a difference that I think society forgets a little bit. And obviously there's very little wiggle room with stuff like this is, is the person, are they actually racist or were they just having a really bad fucking day? Yeah. I think usually they are. I think he's more so like ignorant, you know, he thought it's more, it's more ignorant than it is. If he was like, you know, on Twitter today, like, you know, tweeting out, you know, like, oh, you know, the guy from Kenosha is a hero. That's racist. What Michael Richards did was just like ignorant. He thought, oh, this is the way to get even. Well, I don't. Yeah. I mean, that's what he that's what I think the instinct was. I don't think really put thought into it. Yeah. Tweeting something racist is yeah that's there's a there's racism there because you actually so much thought that goes in tweeting just something like truly vile and truly racist you have like minutes to think about what you're going to do when you're on stage you know time doesn't even exist you yeah. know yeah right. see i kind of want to segue into another cool topic i could talk with you because you're a guy like that likes to uh how do i say this um like flirt with the line yeah. of like what you could maybe get away with and all that but anyone who knows you knows you're coming from a fun place and not a place where you're like intent to harm but i want to backtrack and go to television stay on tv there's a show that i watched all of season one because i think at the time you could just binge it it's an amazon prime show it's called the boys and i remember people really liked it now season two's here and i think it's really taken up a notch of fandom i, I liked season one a lot but there were parts of it that were so dark that i was like i don't know if i could continue to watch this and if you're listening right now and you've not seen the boys it's an amazon prime show we both highly recommend it, but maybe you want to fast forward 10 minutes in the podcast because we're probably going to give away some shit. There's going to be some spoilers. Yeah, especially if you haven't seen like season one. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything from like maybe the latest episode, but yeah. I mean, also, who cares? The episode's been out for, you know, everybody has Amazon Prime. The episode's been out for a half week. So, yeah. Well, yeah. To, to, by the time you hear this, it'll be on a Thursday. We're recording yeah. Wednesday night. The new episode comes out Friday. So, yeah, get, get on board. Plus, I gave you a warning. But do you have not had time to watch TV right now? Everybody has time to watch TV, you know? It's such a good show, but it's so dark. It makes me, it does remind me of Game of Thrones in the sense that you witness some horrific shit and your thought as the viewer is like, there better be a payoff because I can't keep watching really bad shit happen and no justice be served. I love, I love that, like, I love, like, that, like, style of violence, though. I don't know. It's very... It's like cartoonish violence. It, yes, it is. It's you know, very it's like cartoonish. literally like it's not somebody like get like like getting stabbed to death. It's like when they get stabbed, it's like buck. It's it's so it's people's heads getting broken off. Or one thing that I think of is like they get like somebody puts their two hands in someone's mouth and they rip their head apart. Like yeah. I love that because it's like that's never gonna happen in real life, you know. Well, unless you were super, unless you had that superhuman strength that like the yeah, Asian you're, you're know, talking about. Was it I compound V or whatever? Yeah. So compound V, backstory, everyone. The Boys is a show about superheroes in this world where super, uh, corporations own, a, corp, a big corporation owns the superheroes called Vought. Yeah. And we later find out Vought has like Nazi ties from back in the day, which isn't that surprising if you really think about it. Yeah. The name Vought, sound, wasn't, wasn't that like Hitler's middle name or something? So was it? Sounds like it could be, you know. It does say Adolf Vought Hitler. Like Vought yeah. just does has a German ring to it and not a fun way either. 
No offense, Germans. They have, you guys have rebounded very nicely since. Only offense to Germans before the 1940s. Who are Nazis? Yes, I actually gave Germans credit recently because I was we were you know that's a bunch of comedians play softball like every Monday, and we were you know people were giving white people shit for bad food, and I go, where does this come from? I go, listen, my black friends who were there playing softball. Uh, I was talking to remember Rovan. Um, I was talking to him saying like, hey, I, I know the cookout's really big with black people. You mean to tell me there's no hot dogs or hamburgers at the cookout at all? That's yeah. white people food. That's from yeah, Germany. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I know we don't spice our food up that much, but there is still plenty of good white people food. I don't. I don't there's get what so the much. Fuck. Great. That's the one. That Shrimp. Is the one, like Jesus. <laughs> that's like the one time I become like an an 80, 90 year old man on the internet. Whenever I see someone make a meme about like, oh yeah, white people don't know how to cook. Their food's terrible. It's like, oh, what? What are you? What are you talking about? No, shut the fuck up. You know. Yeah, I mean, Italians are still white, right? They got some good shit. I mean, uh, I think Marco they're... Polo did steal a lot from China, but yeah. Anyway, the show, the show what makes it really cool was, and I'm, I remember when I put it on, I had no idea that there was like graphic novels or a comic book series that had to do with the show. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I, I had no idea the backstory or the origins, which I actually almost think is more fun because, dude, you ever talk to some people who know the comic books incredibly well, and then if the movie or TV show deviates a little bit, they become so unfun to be around. That's what made me. That's I saw the Guardians of the Galaxy in theaters, and that's what made that was the first time I ever I was like, oh wait, I hate these like comic book fanatics because we 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 were on our like a Uber back to wherever we were going. We were talking about the movie, and this one guy was like, oh yeah, you know, it was actually pretty good, but uh, uh, actually they got the wrong Infinity Stone wrong in the first one. It was actually this one, and it's like, dude. Just shut the fuck up and enjoy like the best comic book movie I've ever seen. It is a great. I actually watched the sequel the other day, and that last ten minutes was a real tearjerker. Oh, the, I, the second one. Oh, it is. I mean, that, those, that's the only like Marvel movies that I absolutely one hundred percent stand by love. And yeah, the second one is oof. You know, I'm a big MCU fan. I got a I got a little Rocket figurine right here. Everyone you can see on camera. Bradley Cooper, love that guy. He, yeah, you ever see if you look on YouTube, it's funny to watch him do the voice. Oh, yeah, he gets so into it. Well, you'd almost have to to make that voice because it's such a unique, gruff sounding voice. It doesn't sound like Bradley Cooper. When I first no. watched the movie, I'm like, this is Bradley Cooper, really? It makes me think he should, like, there should be an Oscar category for voice acting. Fuck he yes. should get in, although voice acting is not what it was in like, you know, because now all voice acting, it's just like the biggest celebrities who could we get, to, you know, to play, you know, that we could sell toys with. But uh, yeah, I That's think that would true. be a fantastic, you know. No, I like that idea for award, uh, an award a lot. That's a good idea. Yeah. No, Guardians of the Galaxy is really good. The what I, the, My favorite gag in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is how Drax... Um, thinks uh mantis is so ugly <laughs> so yeah, she, yeah. She, every time she tells he's like i'm not into you and then she starts going ugh, ugh. she's like what are you doing i'm pretending to be in with you physically and he's like fake vomiting <laughs> it was so fucking funny all right back to the boys though yeah. what made the boys so cool and hooked me in right away and so you see the superheroes come in they save someone and then you hear them talk to each other and they're the worst human beings they're complete it's scumbags i mean it's almost like if superheroes were like real people yeah they would like take advantage of like because these are people that have had these skills their whole lives and it's like yeah if 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 superman was actually real yeah he wouldn't be this like humble person no he'd be a fucking like dickhead awful person 
I mean, that's why so many superhero origin stories have to have almost this turning moment or or something that makes them good. Spider-Man, his Uncle Ben died. With great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Iron Man was a weapons dealer and then found out, oh, sh- oh shit, I almost got killed by my own weapons and I'm seeing what my weapons are doing. This is bad. I probably should stop this and use this for good. So they all kind of have to have that thing because sadly, human nature... Think about professional athletes. You always hear about them or star athletes in general. Some high school senior who's going to go to University of Michigan at full ride. He treats everyone like shit because he gets away with it. Because his whole life, everyone's telling him he's amazing. His whole yeah. life, everyone's like, you're going to go to play in the pros. You're going to be a millionaire. Never everyone's been stuck in his dick. Never been humbled. Never been humbled, right? And so that these celebrities are these celebrities, these superheroes, they see that they've they're special that they have powers and then a corporation makes movies. That's what's interesting about the show too, is this VOD corporation we talked about makes them into like entities where it's like you are a brand. Homelander is the name of the the most powerful superhero and the biggest sociopathic piece of shit you're going to see on a television show. Like it's frightening because how could they beat them? I keep thinking, how do they beat them? And I know there's going to be some twist where something happens where, you know, season seven or whatever when this show ends hopefully it doesn't go that long i don't think it can can i think it's only gonna go like the way it's been going i can only see it go maybe another season or two which i hope it does that's my least favorite thing with tv shows is when they go so long that by the time it's done like most people hate the show that's my least favorite thing about television shows right now yeah that's true there are i think with dramas five seasons is perfect four is probably really perfect yeah. If you're lucky, you could stretch it to six. Breaking Bad did five, and I thought that was just felt perfect because it left you wanting more the way it ended. Um, yeah. Sopranos maybe went a season long. Sopranos long. did, but they, they they went six seasons, technically seven because it was 6A, 6B. Uh, yeah, they didn't do a lot of episodes. I, yeah, but but it was still, you know, there were a, there was a lot of filler episodes. But Breaking Bad, there was like no filler episodes, which, you know, I appreciate about that show. I mean – Game of Thrones had that until the last year and a half where I remember being like, did I just watch well, Game of Thrones was weird. Cause every episode felt like a movie. Cause the production value was just insane where the production value on the boys is good, but you're right. It's cartoonish. These deaths it's yeah. gory. It's the most gory deaths where, you know, you'll see deaths in some things where like you were saying, like someone gets slit open or whatever and they bleed out. But this is just some dude. the one scene where in a, um, Homelander and Stormfront, who first comes onto the scene. She's a new character. She wasn't in season one, everyone. You found oh, out a yeah, lot about yeah. her. I'll try not to ruin her backstory too much. She is like, comes on like the scene, like this feminist, cool. That's the vibe you got off of her. Like, things yeah, yeah. feminist icon, Yas Queen. Yeah. She is such a piece of shit. And so she I kind of like that. Worse than Homelander. Yeah, worse than you're right, worse than Homelander because Homelander never showed any. She's racist, everyone. I'll just say that. Yeah, Homelander she, never showed that he was racist. He no, just, he just hates. He hates anybody that gets in his way. Stormfronter hates everybody that gets into her way, and also people that aren't white. Yes, yeah, it's pretty fucked up, and it was really yeah. good writing in the sense that yeah, I thought maybe this was going to be the showdown. Maybe she's super powerful and he's powerful, and that could be a thing. But now they've united, and there's the one scene. They stop a guy who was like stealing purses in the alley. It wasn't even a major crime, really. And they start making out, and she's like giving him an over the spandex uh, hand, hand job. job. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and while he's while that's happening, he's holding the criminal's head and like literally squeezes the guy's brain yeah. out of his head. It's fucked up, man. And that see that doesn't like freak me out as much as like like I remember probably the scariest like violent scene in a movie to me is the end of Casino when they kill Joe Pesci's character and they beat him half to death and then bury him alive right next to his like brother's dead corpse. And that they made him watch his, his brother die. He had to. Well, yeah, he had to watch. He yeah, he had to watch his brother die, and they buried him. He was half dead. That to me, that is like ten thousand times more violent and more like like gruesome than like a cartoonish like someone's head, you know, being crushed like uh, you know dropping an anvil on a watermelon or something. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. You you broke up a little bit there, but everyone he was saying it's ten thousand times worse and more gruesome. There is some psychological. It's actually why I stopped watching this show, Sons of Anarchy. So another little spoiler alert: if you haven't gotten into that show yet, there is a scene where the one dude he like drives his motorcycle through, and a girl goes through a plate glass window and she dies. But it wasn't his intended target; it was an accident. It was fucked up though because he was trying to get someone else, and she was collateral. So they get his daughter. And they capture him and they throw his daughter into a pit. And she's like, daddy, what's happening? Like, she's like a teenager. She's like 19 or 20. And she's like, what's happening? She's crying. She's like, why do these two men abduct me and then throw me in this little pit? And they're making him watch. And then they lit her on fire and she burned to death. And I remember I watched it on television, like on a Tuesday night at 930. And I'm like, what the fuck yeah, is that- this? And this was before I was a father. So as a parent now, it's even more like I can't. Oh watch yeah, this even kind of garbage, yeah. you know. And I stopped watching the show pretty much after that. And I'm like, and I remember people being like, "What great television!" I'm like, "No, nah, that's too much." Because yeah, that's too, go that far. Whenever someone gets burnt alive, that's like too much. That's uh, can't can't do that. That's the worst no, way to yeah. die. It's the worst way to see someone die on on screen, especially someone innocent. Yeah. You know, I mean, Joe Pesci's character in Casino was a bad guy, but you still didn't want to see him get killed and you don't want to see his brother get his head bashed with a baseball bat. So that was that was messed up. But I just think with this with the Homelander and the way they're killing people on this show, it's like crazy because people aren't supposed to die with heads exploding. So, yeah, let's yeah. talk about this real quick and then we'll, we'll move on, everybody. So, again, we said spoiler alert on the latest episode of The Boys. There's a courtroom scene because this compound V, the, the public discovers the public had was led to believe that superheroes were natural. They were just born with gifts like, like the X-Men, you know? And now they find out that they were all injected with this compound V like steroid type thing that gives them special powers. And they yeah, Vought did it and they orchestrated it. So it's this big cover up and it becomes a huge story and everyone's like against it. And, and also the superheroes for Vought are starting to do military operations. So there's a lot going on. So there's a big courtroom thing and they have like an AOC type they they like wrote into the show yeah. um that congresswoman but anyways in this- relevant, like characters and like things they write into the show you know oh yeah um yeah i don't know why you're breaking up all of a sudden you were sounding so good for a while God damn it my internet's fucking shitty here i just moved into this apartment so i don't know what the internet's like okay you sound good now maybe lean okay. in a little i don't know um sorry about that Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they're writing some stuff into the show. That's kind of present day stuff. Like the scene in the last episode showed this kid almost like a proud boy in a sense. Yeah. Because 
the two main superheroes that we're talking about who are terrible, Homelander and Stormfront, are like on this campaign of saying that they're a soup terrorist and we got to close our borders to all immigrants because you don't know who's an immigrant that has superpowers that's out to get us. And and so it made this kid, he's seen the same shit every day, seen the memes on Facebook, Fox News is spitting the shit at him. And the guy who like runs the bodega, he thought he saw like a, something in his it's eyes free, light yeah, up. Sprinkle, sprinkle in his eye or whatever. But it was Which, really just a car went by. It was a reflection. Yeah. Yeah. And he ends up. I mean, it's crazy that, that, that you know he shoots and kills him because he thinks he's like you know a bad you know a, a, a dead terrorist because of these things that these evil people are saying on TV. And it's so crazy that that's the episode that aired like maybe a week or two after the you know Trump debate where he said you know where the Proud Boys came up, which is just like I don't know how that happens sometimes, but you know, yeah, the timing of it. Well, I mean, a lot of these writers are in tune with what's going on in the world. So they write some stuff based off reality. And then, the yeah, the timing of it was weird. Proud Boys stand back and, and stand by, whatever that, stand down and stand by, whatever he said. And then you see on this very popular show how a Proud Boys form. And I know a lot of, you know, this show is very popular across both sides of the aisle. So I'm wondering if any, you know, Republicans out there are like, you know, not to say all Republicans are bad, but any of these, these Trumpians, we'll call them that. Yeah, these all right. Alt right trolls is a good way to describe them. I wonder if they saw that and it resonated with them at all. If they were just like, ah, that's bullshit. Who knows? Probably the latter. So, in the courtroom scene at the end of the episode, heads just start exploding and it was gruesome. And so, I'm wondering, were who's doing it? Were there chips inside their head and someone just hitting buttons and making the heads explode? How did they get them to do it? What do you, what do you think? What's your guess? I think there were chips in the head because it was. Because so everybody's head explodes. That's like that was like involved with Vought. There was like that old dude that was like the creator of Homelander. He was like the first one whose head was about to explode. And then the guy that was going to replace A Train, I forgot what his name was, but the dude that wore the orange, his head then exploded. And then also, because in that scene, you saw that. uh, the deep was watching it on TV. The, he's one of the he's one of the part of the seven. He's my I think he's the funniest performance on the show. But uh, he's like all, like he's like scared like he's like tapping on his head like all scared. So I think that they were per, all per, put into certain soups or something like people that like soups that were maybe one time part of the seven or something. I don't know. I think they were chips though that were put in their their heads. Yeah, I think that might be part of it too. That that makes the most sense. And maybe the guy f- who was in Breaking Bad, who we haven't seen in the last couple episodes, but he's kind of like the, the new CEO. Oh of yeah, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Fucking Thank amazing you. Amazing actor. Great actor. Really been good in everything he's ever been in. He's hitting buttons. I'm, I got to imagine that's what it is. My fear is that we discovered this is a, a, a power that Homelander also has. Where you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. This because then he's unbeatable. Because he kind of has like. Superman meets Cyclops, which are both like leaders in the comic book world. So I think they were Captain America. That's got the Homelander. He's wearing an American flag as his cape. So they kind of blended those three, Superman, Captain America, and Cyclops, but then made them the worst person ever. Yeah. Um, and and that and that's what's fucked up right now because you're like, how do they beat them? And the leader of the boys is Billy the Butcher, and he is the boys are not powerful, except for they do have one woman. Um, an Asian woman who doesn't talk. Yeah. They like discovered and helped her and she has power. And then they converted um, 
or they got one of the people from the seven starlight to like kind of like betray the seven and join up yeah. with them in a way. So they kind she's, of, yeah, getting, she's, part of the, she's part of the boys now. I she's feel part like. of the boys. I feel like yeah. too. So the boys are, that's, they're like the good guys and the superheroes are the bad guys. It's a like, non-gender exclusive term now, by the way, the boys, because there's, you know, there's guys that are boys and there's gals that are boys. So, you know, there you go. I think it's just kind of, uh, they're very, very woke. Very. Um, yeah. uh, and then the, in the latest episode, they find out there's this lab where they got these powerful, um superheroes and the one that gets away is she i think she could destroy homelander if she gets near him if she decides yeah, to i mean who knows it could have been her that was the making everybody's head explode could be but remember there was a scene um where they met with that one woman who seemed to be like a, a cop or an fbi agent and all of a sudden her nose started to bleed and then her head exploded and they were like holy shit oh, I, get the hell yeah. out of there. I don't think she was still in like her little jail that they had all those superheroes yeah in. yeah yeah, like the guy who plays Iceman, everybody, which made me kind of laugh that he got cast. As the guy that could play the fire guy, yeah. Yeah, his Lamplighter was his name. He used to be part of the Seven and then got fired for um, burning children alive, apparently. Yeah. He uh, he was Iceman, Iceman in the X-Men movies, and now he's a fighter. I think so there's so many fun... I think this that's what I love about the show is that the show is very... Like, if you love superhero movies... You know, sort of like you do. There's a lot. There's it's really great because there's a lot of great like nods to it. There's a lot of you know, they play homage to a lot of you know the superhero movies and TV shows that people grew up loving. But then also, if you're not crazy about superhero movies like I am, it's also great because it's it very much is this anti you know Marvel anti establishment show, which is actually very ironic that it's it's this show that is very anti big corporation. But the channel that it's on is on Amazon Prime, which is yeah. basically the vault of you know our world right now. You know, whether I mean, you use it or not, it's you know, it is the that big is corporation, true. You know, like if ever there was a a, a vault in real life, you're saying is Amazon. If ever there was a corporation that would create their own superheroes to do evil, yeah. it could be Amazon. Amazon's such an interesting company because everyone uses it, like you said. And a lot of people love it, obviously, because they use it, but they know, oh God, just, it's like if Amazon just paid their fair share in taxes and paid their employees a living wage, nobody, if everybody would worship them. In those warehouses, you know, then we yeah. wouldn't feel as guilty using it. But then again, although they're know, not nearly as bad as Apple though, Apple, has Apple's people, real bad. there yeah. are people committing suicide in their warehouses where Amazon just needs some more air conditioners from what I've read. Yeah, I got a yeah. few people who, I know a few friends who work for Amazon and um and yeah they they got some complaints but it definitely doesn't seem nearly as bad as what apple was doing yeah apples yeah apples real bad but yeah either way it's you know if they just you know little better way you know then i wouldn't but then again like sometimes i need an hdmi cord and i want it by tomorrow you know no that's where that's where again i'm saying they created this they made it. They made Christmas shopping less stressful. They made so many things more convenient in your life. Yeah. In a way, they've helped the environment in a lot of sense. It's less and less people driving around and going from stores and going there to there. I mean, they still have, it's one person in a van loading up goods, so it's definitely less driving, even though they're, they're still yeah. Rather than course. you know, two hundred people driving to you know one store and then half of them realize that what they want isn't actually there. Yeah. So they're. Never, I never thought of it like that, but yeah. It's less stress. I mean, there are, so there are some benefits. That's my thing. I was talking about this with someone recently that if all these mega corporations just paid their fair share in taxes, a lot of Americans wouldn't be calling for socialism right now. They really wouldn't. 
because yeah. you'd be able to afford universal health care, Medicare for all. You'd be able to afford better education if we just had a system in which the people who should be paying what they're supposed to be paying actually paid it. Yeah. You wouldn't hear anyone bitching about capitalism. And- it's probably not that many, you know, it's not that many people. It's not like, oh, you, you got this big break. We have like, you know, $300,000 now. It's not like, you know, it's not like they're going to be taking the money from you. No, they're going to be taking the money from the, you know, super mega billionaires, you know? Totally. And it's like, I, I wish they were all more like Costco. The CEO of Costco still makes like a million dollars a year or so. He still has a great life. He's just not, yeah. you know, robbing his employees blind like all these other ones are. Well, a million dollars also, like, it's a lot of money. But if you think about it, it's not like a lot of people make a million dollars. Like, like a, a B-list movie actor makes like a million dollars and they're still able to, you know, have a somewhat enjoyable life, you know? You could live in very, very, very comfortable lifestyle making a million a year. You really could. I mean, I don't think it doesn't sound like a lot of money. And it's not a love, you still have to work, obviously, but if you're making yeah. a million a year, I mean, with taxes and all that stuff, say you're, you're still getting, you're still clearing six, $700,000, most likely if you've got a good accountant. Um, I guess I'm saying we should close some of these loopholes, but it's still <laughs> so much money that people don't really, I think the average person truly can't comprehend how much yeah. money that is. I mean, like I look at there, a million dollar house, you're monthly mortgage is like $10,000 a month to buy a million dollar house. And if you're making a million a year, you're making way more than $10,000 a month. Yeah. So, you know, that, I think that's what people think of in terms, if they make a million a year, they can't afford a million dollar house. Like, no, you can, you know what I mean? Like people who make 50 grand a year could afford a $300,000 house. Like you're just, yeah, you're just, just about mortgages and banks and all Yeah, that. You won't be able to have like, you know, maybe like four boats and you know, all that fun stuff. But but even yeah. like a guy like Bezos, who's worth like 80 billion. And I know a lot of that's in stocks and it's not, not real money until he sells the stock. So it's just an estimated net worth. So it's not like they had that 80 billion cash on hand. Um, but even like he's probably still has 10 to 20 billion um, in banks and stuff like that all over the world or in accounts. If he lost half of that, he wouldn't, it wouldn't change his lifestyle. You couldn't mm. spend a billion. People don't realize that. I mean, they think I'll buy that team and that's a billion and there's my billion. Okay, realistically though, there's 30 of those. So you can never spend he Jeff Bezos could never spend all his money. It would take life. So long. what does he yeah. do for fun? What does Jeff Bezos do? Well, like what do these super mega billionaires do for fun? Like, what can you do that like you haven't done before if you had two billion dollars? Like, you know. That's why they all become fucking weirdos who end up fucking kids and hunting. Yeah, 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 that's I mean that's we're gotta be it, into, right? We're getting into tin hat ter- territory right now. Yeah, tin hat but, shit, right? Tin yeah, tin foil hat. There you go. But like, no, I mean, look, I don't believe in a lot of the conspiracy theories. I mean, obviously there is some weird shit going on at the Epstein Island. That's that's probably not deniable. But um, you know, obviously the flight logs was a complete lie. I remember everyone being like, This is the list of all the people who are on the flights to Epstein's Island. And I'm like, Michelle Wolf, really? Michelle Wolf's been to Epstein's Island? No, oh, no, why, not why? her, but there still are. Like, I would say maybe seven. I would say maybe, I believe half the people were still on those flight logs. Yeah, I know. would believe that too, but I know a lot of that list was made up because it was people who were enemies of Trump. Yeah. Trump wasn't on the list. None of Trump's close friends were on the list. And yet we we have videos, videos and photos of, you know, Trump of Trump and him with. being like, what up, buddy? Let's have a good time. Like, they were clearly boys. 
Yeah. They were they were friends. So anyway, though, I mean that's that's another three hours of a podcast we were probably getting to yeah, there. But I definitely I read a book way back in the day, like maybe a decade ago, called The Psychopath Test. And they talked about how like the one guy's like, you'd be shocked how many Fortune 500 CEOs fit the profile of a sociopath. Um, I think just the idea of like the idea of like wanting to I took that sling off my arm, by the way, because it was getting I got a the doctor says to take it out every few hours. Uh, the whole idea of being a billionaire, like being, being a multi-billionaire, if you, if you're able to get to the billionaire status on your, like we were talking about this before, Jerry Seinfeld is about to be a billionaire. He's a good billionaire. He's a great billionaire. He did it all just by people loving his show and making great business decisions. No blood money. No, no exploitation. As no, I said before, everyone no, on a set could pay a lot of money. Yeah, no shitty, no shitty, uh, you know, working conditions. Uh, but like, just like, I don't know, like, like needing like that, needing to get to like $10 billion. What do you use? What are you going to do with it? Like, what are you going to send your great, 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 great grandchildren to fucking college? Yeah. College isn't going to exist then. The planet probably won't exist then because too many fucking people get to $10 billion, hoard that wealth. And so yeah. you don't even have great, great grandchildren to help because you're probably part of a cunty lineage. So like, and it's, like, it's so childish. It's, it's the way a, it's the way a seven-year-old would think the world works. Cause even by the time you're like 10 or 11, you at least have the consciousness. You know, hopefully you have like a younger brother or another, I think single children is, I think, see, yeah. People that only have one kid or people that grow up single children are ugh, grow up to be billionaires. They, that's who grow up to be billionaires are single children because they don't know how to fucking share or do any of that shit. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the, the Trumps are there's a lot of billionaire families. I know what you're saying, though, but it is like there's a mentality. It, and again, I don't I never like doing complete overgeneralizations because it just feels like it's a little lazy for the people who do them. You know, even like I don't take when someone people tweet all men are terrible. I don't take offense to that. I know they're not talking about me, but I do think there's a little bit of a laziness to some of this stuff. Um, especially they're, when, they're trying to get they're trying to get viral. Out. Let, let I know, I know. It's just it's still it's a little lazy. Not everybody's amazing like I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the person who invents an app, and then the app does well and sells for a billion dollars or so sure i don't think you were evil or whatever like that i do think like you were saying the person whose goal is i have to get to 10 billion or i have to get to this like that's there is a lot of it when i read about these people and you see what they do and their complete basic disregard for other people and um they they go oh i just donated a million dollars i'm like that's the equivalent of you donating 10 bucks and you want to parade fuck you you know yeah um, i know it's, but still i mean yeah thanks for the million but like don't don't run around patting yourself in the back yeah you thanks for the million but like there's so much more you could have <laughs> you did the exactly. bare not even worse than the bare minimum i think you know totally totally worse than the bare minimum Can i um if he just took out like seven billion dollars his whole life would be the same you know maybe amazon might take a little bit of a hit but like oh bezos yeah yeah definitely i I mean he could lose half his fortune and still be the richest person in the world or one of them i think back to what we were kind of saying this person who wants to i have to get to a billion i want to get to 10 billion it's so weird to so many people because if i got 10 million i mean i'd still always do stand up because i love it and it's part of what i do but say i had a regular job and I won $50 million tomorrow, I'm retired. I'm not working anymore. Oh, no. 
I mean, normal people would, they get to a certain number and they're just like, oh, I'm way happier than I'm ever going to need to be. My children's children are set. I don't, even that's weird because you're just creating a world in which they don't need to work. And usually those people like become assholes, right? I've never heard anyone say they use, yeah, exactly. They become those fucking people in the show, the boys. Rarely have you ever heard someone say, oh, this is my buddy, Davey. He grew up with a trust fund, but he's totally cool. I mean, that doesn't work that way, right? They're usually fucking insane people. Yeah. Um, anyway, though, like, let's, uh, I, w- I want to get to a couple things with you real quick to wrap this up. Everyone, thanks for coming back to listen to the Joe Kilgallen podcast, aka Kilgallen's Pub. I recently um, did a little documentary in which I filmed myself. James Webb, a uh, guy who's the head of the People of Comedy Network, filmed me running around. It was my return to stand up, three parts. It's a mini documentary uh, edited by me, so it's not very well edited. And it's on YouTube. I just put that up today. So there's a little uh, commercial during the middle of the podcast. The first dance after six months. Yes, the first dance. So, uh, Bobby, tell us about Hillary. You do a podcast called Hillary with a a very funny Todd Massey, who's actually like you. You guys say insane stuff, and it's hilarious. It's it's me and it's me and Todd uh, and James. James is also a part of it. It's me and Todd are like the stars. And then James is very much a support. He chimes in. He's actually very great on it too. And it's just like, it's me and Todd. We're, you know, we're, we're very good friends. One of my best friends in comedy, we started together and, you know, we would just sort of like how you started doing this podcast. You wanted to take the whole idea of like a conversation you'd hear at a bar, but put it on a podcast. And me and Todd basically do that, but it's, it's, it's basically that, you know, and Todd, you know, basically the conversations we'd have in, you know, his place when we're, you know, high on mushrooms. And, yeah, I know. always thought, um, yeah, that's better than what you guys would say to each other, high on mushrooms. I always, and I've heard a few episodes, I've always, it's funny shit too, man. I always thought this is what every group of friends, not every, but at least in comedy, has a text thread in which they text inappropriate shit to each other. Oh, yeah. We all have those group chats that would get us in trouble. And the funny thing about these group chats that I love is that they're very diverse. They're well represented. There'll be Hispanic people on it, black people on it, gay people on it. And you just say horrifically mean shit back and forth, but we're all comedians. We all know we're joking. You guys took that group chat and made a podcast out of it. It's a group chat. It's a group chat come to life. Yeah. Yes, the group chat come to life, which makes it a really fun podcast. All right, Bobby. Um, everyone well, check someone out. Also, wait, someone also described it. Uh, he was actually a guest on the show. SNL writer Stephen Castillo said he thought he was listening to it, and he it reminded him of uh, like a group of comedians waiting to go up at the open mic. You oh. know, like you get to the open mic, you know, like an hour early, and it's it's it just that's just what it reminded. Because a lot of it is about like there's a lot of inside jokes, inside stories about comedy, you know, stories from when we first started. But that's also you know, but Definitely. I like that idea too. The, the if a text thread came to life, it's a, <laughs> I might use that actually. You go for it, please do, man. Um, no, it's really funny, and I like you call Hillary as a play on Hillary Clinton, of course. Yeah, we just well, we were just like we were trying to think of a name one day, and we were having a text thread that would get us canceled. And yeah, Todd was just like, "Well, what about we just call it Gay Hillary?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, that's good." And there's like, oh, well, "Let's just drop the gay part and call it Hillary." Although I think Gay Hillary is also very funny. Gay Hillary is pretty funny. It definitely would make people click on it, being like, "What is this all about?" You know? Yeah, yeah. 
All right. I like that. I've been doing this segment. Uh, I haven't done the last couple of podcasts, but I, I like to do a segment. I think you'd be a fun one to do this with where I ask people their favorites. Okay. Okay. Um, you're a pretty simple, cheap beer and whiskey type of guy like myself. So I'm interested in this. If you could have one beer the rest of your life, what's the one brand of beer you'll have? Old style. Old style. See, it's Old a true style. Chicagoan. True. It's, it's tasty. It doesn't, it doesn't get you like, it, it doesn't get you too fat or too bloated like those IPAs. But it also doesn't like get you like too hungover like some of those like you know like Natty Ices or you know uh, Natty Ice is the only one I could think of. But it's too hungover like those really cheap beers, and it's you know it's Chicago and the old style sign just always you know it's growing up in Chicago very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, when I lived in LA and when I'd come home and I'd see the old style sign, it made me yeah I'd get homesick. It warms your heart a little bit, you know. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Old style. Everyone is unique to the Chicago and the Midwest. It's from Wisconsin, but I think it's way more popular here in Chicago. What's well, like the Cubs too, you know? Yes. It was the beer of the Cubs. Exactly. All right. You could have one shot. What's that shot going to be? Now, if I was pre COVID, I would say. <sighs> Tullamore do. Just because it's a good Irish whiskey and it goes. No, I have it in my garage. I'm surprised you haven't had a pulse. Yeah, I, I had some Tully. Oh, okay, cool. But I, I've been drinking it so much since quarantine that whiskey has given me just like life shattering hangovers lately. So I've had to sort of step back from it, and not to not to sound like a Chicago jag off, but like Malort too. I love. I've come around I'm on money for all. Malort, really? You you would actually enjoy it? I I I've gone around, I've gone around to the taste, and the hangover is really not. That. Are we talking about if I never had to get a hangover again? I don't think that far into it. I just think to myself, if you can only have one, like if someone says, "Hey, for now on, you can have shots, but it can only be this." You know, I like to put people to the test. I would. I, I have to go with Malort. If wow. I have a final shot, you know, there's like you're on death row. And to give yes. you a final meal. If I had to have a final shot, I would do tell them or do them. That's just that's something. All you right, can't well, feel a hangover when you're dead, you know. I guess, but it just tastes so horrifically bad. Everyone, Malort is this drink that is just god awful, and people do make you do a shot of it. Like if you're not a towner, I do this thing. And it's funny to me because though. I get you know what cracks me up is I thought you had the same rationale as me where people are like, my Lord, it's a Chicago tradition. Yeah. Since hipsters started it in 2012, it's not a Chicago yeah, tradition. I, that's why I do not call it a Chicago. I do. I'm, I am done being that guy. That's like, Oh, you, you're at this bar in Chicago. You're from out of town. You have to try them. I was like, no, if you want to try, but like, yeah, this is like the worst. It, it's one of the most off-putting very, it's one of the most bitter off-putting shots you can try if you want to try it try it if you don't i'm cool with it but i'm over being the guy i'm over the oh you have to you have to try this shot all right you've grown up i like it all right going off of like the final meal thing or death row thing you've alluded to what was what's your drunk food favorite drunk food you could have your rest of your life uh drunk food cheeseburger a cheeseburger from like a like a, a a burger shack, not a restaurant, not a fast food restaurant, but like a burger shack, a place that doesn't have any seats, is open twenty four hours, and the burger is delicious. And the burger is like under six bucks. 
Okay. What I'm talking about, if, if you're from Chicago, the Red Hot Ranch. What are you talking about? Red Hot Ranch. Okay, Red Hot Ranch. That's, that's Red Hot great. Ranch. A burger from Red Hot Ranch in Chicago, which is if you don't know Red Hot Ranch, it's a burger stand. It, there's two locations in Chicago, open 24 hours, cash only. It's the most amazing drunk food ever. The cash only bums me out a little bit. Um, well, it's yeah, good. I don't think they're gonna be cash only now with COVID, but oh yeah, it's a good point. No, Red Hot Ranch is great. It's usually always in like the top 10, top 20 list as it should be. Yeah. All right, moving on. Well, uh, you're not a mixed drink guy, but what's the one mixed drink you could have? Oh, I love mixed drink. I mean, are you run around to mixed drinks uh, lately? But uh, <clears throat> I mean, actually, don't. I'm not very good. I mean, vodka soda. I've been doing those lately just because helps me lose weight. I've lost a you know, decent amount of weight during quarantine, mainly because I've been switching to vodka sodas. But I don't know what whatever uh, whatever mixed drink they're making at a bar in New Orleans. That's the mixed drink I'll uh, – that's the cocktail mixed drink I'll go with. I'm a big fan of that town. I was actually talking with my wife recently saying we got to go there. Like once things clear up and you're allowed to travel again, that's got to be like another anniversary destination. I'm, I'm, I think I told I'm going there the day after the election, which isn't the safest with COVID, but I'll make sure to be safe. Be safe because that's already kind of a dirty town. No offense, NOLA, but – you. Super fun city, great food. Love your well, drinking laws. That's the charm. That's the charm of New Orleans. Orleans it is the griminess of it is kind of charming, and um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it won't be underwater in a decade or so. All right, the last one of the favorites. I don't know why I call it favorites because it's not all favorites, I guess, but in a way, it is. Whatever. You could there's there has to be a dead person though. Name a famous dead person that you would like to get drunk with. A famous dead person. I'd like to, I and mean, that is a lot of because most fun, most fun drunk people are dead. You know, I'll tell you this: a couple people have said Chris Farley. I'm just giving you an idea of what people have used. Um, Chris Farley would be too much. Chris Farley, you'd have to worry about falling down or, you know, doing some crazy shit. Yeah, I would. True. I would say Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain, yeah. That guy's got stories, endless stories. He's, he's got everywhere. endless stories. He's the coolest, the coolest white dude to ever live, I think. Fuck, man, that's a podcast we should have. Let's the coolest white dudes to ever live. The coolest white, I mean, it's Anthony Bourdain. There and, are a lot of cool white dudes, too. Okay. Well, there's a <laughs> lot that of you would that, disagree. But, not that you would disagree, but, but that's another thing. I mean, people but the coolest people are usually, you know, like black jazz singers from the 1930s. You know, let's be honest. I, well, it depends on your definition of cool, though. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. A pretty, yeah, exactly. Because some people think, um, I don't know, football players are cool, and other people think, no, they're kind of boring. So it goes either way. Yeah, but I'm not, there's not a lot of boring football players, that's for sure. Where it's just, it's, I don't know why we interview professional athletes sometimes. They're going to say the same shit every time. Well, you know, we tried really hard. We lost. Okay, that's, that's yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. All right, everyone, check out Hillary. Bobby, I'm going to keep you around for – you know what? Is this going to be bonus? If you guys are hearing this next part, I left it in the original podcast. If not, it's going to be on the Patreon. Bobby, I'd like to play a little game of fuck, Mary kill with you now. I'll do it. Yeah. And I know you have that great joke. Bobby is my favorite fuck, Mary kill joke. <laughs> I had to stop doing the joke though, because it's so irrelevant now that well then can you tell it right now? Yeah. yeah, making, yeah. I, okay. I hate to be that so, guy putting you on the spot. Okay. Here's, here's the joke. It goes, um, okay. It's my, it's a political joke. So, you know, get ready. It's uh, uh fuck Donald Trump, Mary Bernie Sanders. 
and lock her up, lock her up. I just, her I, up. It is a fun, it is a very fun. It's it is so a very funny because you, it's always such a, like the audience doesn't really see it coming. Yeah. And then you, you try to get them to chant along. It's it was always but one of my favorite jokes. People forgot to lock her up. I did it. I did it. One of the last shows I did a little laugh factory in like September. I did that joke there and like people forgot about lock her up. And I was just like, it was very, I guess it's very, about four it, years old now. Yes. Yeah. We just need right, so this is how I do fuck Mary Kill differently. I, I recently re rearranged a bunch of shit in my house and I didn't need a big DVD display anymore. So I just threw them all into a big like plastic tub, the plastic bin. And what I do for fuck Mary Kill is I reach in blindly. I don't know why I'm reaching over here. It's on this side of me. And I pull out three DVDs. And based on who's on the cover is who you are your options for fuck Mary Kill. Oh, okay. That's actually that's that's genius. And there's some television series too I've picked out. I've, I've picked out and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I've picked out like a Seinfeld, I think, yeah. before, you know, um, and other such shows. So here we go. And you might have to bang a guy. So and you're I know you're 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 pretty woke, so you won't I'm mind. pretty woke, yeah. Or you might kill a guy. Who knows? It's totally, totally up yeah, to you. Right, here we go. All right, reach in. All right, the first one. You know what? This is an underrated comedy. And by the way, some of these movies might not be good, but I thought this was a very underrated comedy. It's Spy with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, I don't know if you saw it. It's a great movie. It is. So here's what I do when there's multiple people on the cover. I number them myself. One, two, three, four. And you have to pick a number between one through four. And whatever number you pick is the person. Three. Three? Oh, you picked the other woman besides. Um, you picked Rose Byrne, who is smoking hot. Who? Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. I got to see what she looks like again. Okay. Rose Byrne has been in a million things. Um, have you seen uh, Get Him to the Greek? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Are yeah. Here? I know. Her? Her oh, yeah. She is gorgeous. She's super hot. I think she's Australian or Scottish. Yeah. Australian? She's Australian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. You got her. You could have had Jason Statham or um, Melissa McCarthy or Jude Law, but you got. Well, I would Rose not Byrne. try to kill Jason Statham because he'd kill me, you know? Oh, he would definitely try. He doesn't always movies. Kills people. But you know, he's probably one of the coolest bald white guys. Oh yeah. So it, he's, gotta, he's been, and he's one of the like the OG bald cool white dude. I mean, really Snatch is. that came out what twenty years ago. It came he's out a, yeah twenty. Man, that came out twenty years ago. It came out in the year two thousand. Holy shit! Yeah. His lock stock was nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. All right. All right. Next one. Reaching in. Roseburn. Oh, I already know I got a screener. I can feel it by the texture. Yep. Oh, it's a good screener. I actually haven't watched it yet. I have a lot of screeners I haven't watched yet. Screeners, everyone, is uh, when you're in the Screen Actors Guild like I am, right around Oscar time, they send you movies for free in the mail because they want you to vote for them for um, like the Screen Actors Guild Awards and all that other stuff. All right. This is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. There are a lot of people on the cover, but I don't know all of them. So I'm going to have you... Choose between the main three. One, two, three. All right, pick a number between one through three. Oh, if I get one, if one of these are the one I'm guessing. I know who I'm fucking. Uh, Brad Pitt, no. Uh, two. Two is Leonardo DiCaprio. <sighs> okay. Margot Robbie's over there. I know I know you wanted Margot, but you didn't Damn. get it. Okay, all right, last one. Uh, I pick up two, let go. Ooh. This is a movie our buddy Jonah Jerkins gave me because he had an extra or he had it on Blu-ray. Uh, this is like, 
a movie I saw when I was like nine on late night that I probably shouldn't have been watching because I was too young. Maybe I was eight. It's called Judgment Night. Have you ever seen Judgment Night? No, never even with, heard of it. Okay, it's with Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Dennis Leary, um, and then who else is in it? Um, Steven Dorf or Stefan Dorf, Steven Dorf, Steven and Dorf, Jeremy yeah. Piven, bald, bald <laughs> Jeremy Piven. Oh my God. There is a scene between Dennis Leary and Jeremy Piven when Dennis, Dennis Leary is this bad guy. All right, here's the premise, everyone. The, the backstory they didn't put enough into because in the beginning, Jeremy Piven has this big Winnebago that he rents. It's like all decked out. They're in the suburbs, I think. That's what it's implied. And it's implied that Emilio Estevez's character hasn't had a night out in a long time. And he's like, come on, we're just going into, we're going to go see a boxing match at the Chicago Stadium. And what kills me is though, they don't film any of it in Chicago, I don't believe. They just say Chicago and they try to make these streets that are clearly not in Chicago look like a really bad part of Chicago. It's expensive to film here. I get it. But- I get it. And even, you know, it's funny though, they get off an exit and you could tell, I, I know it's the 10 highway in LA, but they put the signs off the exit saying like, it was weird. It said like Cicero one mile, um, Pulaski two miles. And then it said like Damon three miles. And I'm like, that's not accurate. Not, what, yeah, what yeah. the fuck highway is this where, and they're not, you know, that close. I was, anyway, they try to make it like 290. So maybe they're coming in from like, I don't know what bird they would've been coming in from if they're taking 290 though, but yeah. it implied North shore. Cause later there's a scene where they get his ID and it's like, Oh, you live in Winnetka or something. And I'm like, why the fuck would they have taken that down? Anyway, anyway, though, that shit annoys me as a Chicago and everyone when uh, movies and TV get it wrong. No, oh, that's like 80. That's maybe 80% of movies that are filmed in Chicago. You know, the, the TV show, the league takes place in Chicago oh, and they all they hang out and drink at, they all hang out and drink at, at Gibson. uh, Gibson's. I believe that, that Steven is easy was in nine 11 before I would believe that people would hang out at Gibson's just to drink. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and also the number of times they do an exterior shot and there's a palm tree. There was yeah, one time where they yeah, had the yeah. guy in the corner doing something, and I'm like, "There's yeah. a fucking palm tree right but there." Yeah. Even- <laughs> show like that, though, I uh, you're like, "Who gives a shit?" You know? Yeah, I know it's, it's a sitcom, and they don't. Everyone knows it's not really shot here, but uh, a movie. Come on, have some yeah. have some respect. In this movie, they're on their way to a fight, but you know, it's weird. As Emilio Estevez is like, "I haven't had a night out," and his wife is still pissed that he's going out for the first time ever. So right there, you're like, "I don't like this wife that much." Yeah, there was the weird. The, the first five minutes of the movie are weird establishment um storytelling i feel like they establish things weirdly to me because i'm like i don't whatever why is she mad at him doesn't make sense we don't know why is he a bad dad they don't tell us he seems like a good guy so they get in this winnebago to go down to the united center of chicago stadium at the time to go see like a big boxing match they get stuck in a shitload of traffic the one guy goes i'm just gonna get off here he gets off there and they're like whoa 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 this isn't a good spot to get off they end up taking a wrong turn they think they hit a guy but then when they help the guy because they did hit him actually when they help him, it turns out he has a gunshot. And they're like, holy shit. So then they're like, how do we get rid of this guy? Or like, what do we do? And then there's Dennis Leary is like a mobster type guy with a couple other mob guys. And they now go after him because they witnessed Dennis Leary kill some people. So that's where it's actually a really fucking cool movie. It, because it's not a comedy, is it? It's like No, seri- no, it's it's a serious action. Like it's an action suspense. Is it good? Yeah, I mean, I think it's good. I think it's one All of those right, movies where you're it. like, What's it called? Judgment Night. Judgment Night. All right. There are parts of it that don't hold up from 1992 or whatever year this was shot. 19, it says 1998, but I think that's just when this DVD was made. Because I think the actual movie yeah. itself came out well earlier than that. 
Yeah. Um, so there are parts of it where it's like, that doesn't like hold up, hold up. But the one scene Dennis Leary says to Jeremy Piven, you know, guys like you were like, guys like you wake up every morning to, to see if your dick's still there. I wake up every morning and I know I got a dick. And I remember just being like, that is the most ridiculous dialogue, but it's kind of like I love in it. It's yeah. I think you'd like it actually. Dennis Leary says it. Yeah. Dennis it's, a very, actually, it's a very Dennis Leary line. Yeah, Dennis Leary is a good actor in this because you really want you're supposed to hate him, but you really hate him. They do he's a, good a job. great actor in general. He was great in what was that Rescue Me? That's yeah, no, he's he a very good. You know, FX two thousand. You know, fifteen years ago, that was a great show. It was FX does good shows. Uh, I think we talked about that. Yeah. Um, all right, so oh. of the four people on the cover, I'm going to number them one, two, three, four. So pick a number. One. One's Dennis Leary. All right. All right. Here you go. Your choices. I got to fuck, Mary kill. What's her name again? Uh, Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne, Leo. Leo DiCaprio. And Dennis, Dennis Leary. Leary. Yes. Who you got? I know. It's, it's, that's what makes the game fun. Now, I would bang Rose Byrne. You're going to marry Rose Byrne. That makes sense because then you could bang her all the time. I can bang her all the time. And then also, like, if I ever want to get out of America, she gets too scary here. Dual citizenship and go down to Australia. Which looks gorgeous. Pretty cool. And Very I love Australian people. I was a tour guide for like five years. Australians were absolutely my favorite customers that I had. When I was like 18 or 19, I was in Dublin with a buddy of mine for a week, just the two of us. And we partied with Australians like half the time. They are the coolest people I've ever met. I would now I could uh, I would fuck Leo DiCaprio for the story just for the story like yeah I had sex with Leonardo what you, oh what'd you do last week oh you went to you know oh you you went to a state national park and tripped on mushrooms I had sex with Leonardo DiCaprio boom that's automatically a cool story and I would and if you're going to go gay, you might as well go with one of the hottest guys. Yeah, one of the most, right? like, just genuinely worldly known, renownedly known as one of the most attractive dudes. Yeah, I'll go with him. And then I'll kill Dennis Leary. I mean, he seems like he's a little bit washed up now. You know, what has he done recently? Like, I can't kill Leo DiCaprio because he's still making a ama- – he's one of my favorite actors. He's and great. I can't kill Rose Byrne because that's a hate crime. She's a woman. I'm a straight white. You can't kill and women. He's an immigrant, so – He's an immigrant too. I'm sorry, Dennis Leary. He had a table with the team. So I fuck, fuck DiCaprio, Mary Rubber, and sorry, I loved, I loved you in the Sandlot. I loved you in, yeah, and I love the asshole song, but gotta kill you, Dennis. You gotta kill me. Right. I agree with all three of those choices, and I, I like the sound reasoning. That's why fuck Mary kill is such a fun game. It's the most fun. It is the most fun. Like it's the most fun. Like bar hanging game. Yes, it does. It passes the time well, and it's always interesting because it's always different. You never know what you're going to get. All right, everyone. That has been the podcast for this week. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Don't forget about the Patreon. This this I'm probably just going to leave in the regular one because I think this was a fun one, and I want people to get a taste of it. There's a bunch of Fuck, Mary Kills that are only released on the Patreon with other comedians, so you should feel free to check those out. Check out Hillary, um, and and, uh, you know, stay safe out there, everyone, and, uh, you know, have yourselves a good weekend. This has been the Joe Kilgallen Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Hell yeah, Bobby.